Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. <laughs> Fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 150. Yay! And that lovely voice you just heard is Heather Ingus, and she's back again, back again. Um, yeah, 150. That's a lot. I'm pumped. How does it feel? It, it, it's good. Did, it's, it, did it register, like, really how much it that did is? It did when I was, because I forget everything. You, you know me. <clears throat> You've known me for a long time. So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm getting the show all, you know, kind of ready and prepped up a little bit. It's been a really hectic week, but uh, getting it all done, I just, I'm like, Jesus, what number are we on? And in pleasant surprise, when I looked at our platform and stats and so on, um, it was 149, so this episode is 150, yeah. and I'm kind of pumped about that, because we just keep, we're keeping the, the weekly shows going, and uh, it's a good thing. I love talking hockey, so. 150 episodes, guy, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot, so yeah. I owe you a I mean, drink at a later time, I mean, like, too early to have one now, but. Like, my favorite, our, probably our favorite podcast, uh, Spit and Chicklets, is, you know, they, they rock in, what, 208, 206 yeah. now? They put out a couple But they do a two a week. Yeah. Over yeah. the summer, it's one. But still, I mean, that's that's awesome. But No, it's pretty awesome, and you should feel proud of yourself. I wish yeah. I had a plaque. I was like, you know. Well, listen, I what I do, we're doing this show on uh, Sunday, the 20th. Uh, the 20th, October 20th, so... Uh, and, and, and to celebrate, Heather bought me a coffee from the wonderful people at Heavenly Donuts. No sh- no plugs, no no ads, no, no, no free ads. Yeah. So, got a nice extra large coffee. And, uh, and all seriousness, though, from me and I'm sure Courtney and all our friends. And, you know, I mean, remember when you were just a fan with a dream and you made it happen. You got a lot of shit happening. You got this podcast. You got all the awesome writing that you guys are producing on the website, everything else. Like... And everything in between. I mean, Providence last weekend. Oh, that was an amazing experience. I'm very happy for you, and I know our friends and family and everyone is very proud of you, and our listeners, they tune in every week, so they must like what you're doing, and, yeah. you know. We're getting, like, serious, like, downloadage. Um, 
I look at the stats uh, right around like Thursdays and so on, <clears throat> and I see that we're, get, we're ranging about the, the thousand downloads per episode. Nice. But Thanks, also, man. also people are listening to our archive stuff and catching up. So new listeners might be into the summer and getting right into it. But like when you do the seven day downloads and look at that, that's like twenty five to thirty two hundred a week. So. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's good that people are, are are using the archives to catch up, and I I totally appreciate that. I appreciate you guys wanting to listen to Mark and <laughs> me usually, but in other forms. And it's been a long time to, for you to get to this point, but you work very hard, and you should be proud. Appreciate. And you know that. what I would like for people to go out for their reward to you is to go out and review this podcast yes. and get you up to 150 reviews. Yes. Let's do it by the end of October. Please go. I challenge us. We'll Gentlemen. wait right now. Go right now. We'll wait. Yes, please go to Apple Podcasts <laughs> or any, any podcast platform you currently use. Give us a five-star rating. Write something good. Write something bad. We love the feedback, but we really need those five stars to help us get our show more known. So we, 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 we ask the, the listeners to do that because you guys are the ones that pretty much float the boat here. Every time we somebody listens, it, it keeps us going, and it's pure motivation to keep going. So I thought we could maybe, if people leave like an actual review, maybe read some of them online. And like yeah. you said, we don't care, good, bad, or ugly. We will start to do that. Touch I'll skin. start putting that in the agenda. But let's get on the real course. We've yeah, we got we got we got to talk about hockey, man. And uh, let's just ju- dive right into the uh, the schedule. Uh, due to me being in Providence and covering the team as a media credentialed writer. Yeah. <laughs> Shameless little plug there, um, but I was not around for the uh, the New Jersey game, so we're going to talk about that game right now. So on Saturday, the Boston Bruins played the New Jersey Devils at home, TD Garden, and uh, oh yes, it was the home opener. Yes, oh my God, I totally forgot that. And what a way to come out! Um, they come, you know, storming back into Boston after a four-game road trip to start the year. And uh, and on the twelfth of October, shut out the New Jersey Devils uh, three to nothing. Um, my computer sucks right now, so I don't have the the screen up. Um, I got the scoring. If you want me to read perfect. That off. All right. So in the first, we had Marshawn from Pasternak, and Joachim Nordstrom scored his first goal from Wagner and Corrali. And then in the second period, Patrice got a power play goal from Jake DeBrusque and Brad Marshawn. Uh, there was some penalties, but let's not review the <laughs> negative. Uh, yeah, but I thought it was that was a good game. I mean, New Jersey is New Jersey, and somehow they seem to be shockingly not as good as decent as I thought they would be. But Tukaraska, forty sixth career shutout. And, yep. And how many did he stop? Oh, let me find that. Jeez, I wasn't that prepared. Where was Tuka? Here he is. Uh, he had thirty one saves. Nice. So yeah, good uh, good start to the year at home, um, and, and and it continued on to Monday the fourteenth against Anaheim, which was an afternoon game, one o'clock puck drop, um, and the Boston Bruins walked away with a four to two win, uh, second win in a row at home. This these home wolves from playoff year are uh, slowly going away, but uh, you know later on in the week it came back a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but no, it was a, it was a very good game. <laughs> and, it was a pasta party. It was a pasta party. I mean, pasta was flying everywhere. Meatballs were getting. I mean, children were getting hit with meatballs in in, in the stands. It was that crazy. But David Pasternak is like absolutely a sick, sick, sick player in the NHL. He scored four goals 
all four goals. It was just a plastic game. He was like, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> it was. It was. It was not necessary. I thought there was a lot. That's when the neutral zone sloppiness started this week was during that game. And Anaheim's, they've been playing very well. They're no joke, and Gibson's a good goalie. But oh, Yarrow yeah. did pretty good, though. He faced 32 shots. He stopped two, yep. whatever. And uh, I think that that, though, illustrates your secondary scoring great that you have, like, still continues to have it's a roller coaster top line. At the same time, yay, David Pasternak. You're yeah, on know, fire tonight. Are you magical? Pasternak is checked for magical. That's just what I think. Unbelievable. And then moving on to the Tampa Bay game on Thursday, October 17th, uh, at home again, the Tampa Bay Lightning come into TD Garden. Um, Tampa Bay average team for me right now this season. Uh, and, uh, and obviously Boston has something to prove. This is probably a team that's, uh, this Tampa Bay team is probably going to be a club that's going to be at the top of the Atlantic and Eastern Conference. You know, if, if, if you're looking at the trends over, this, over the past few seasons, you see that Tampa Bay is always there. So uh, this was a big statement game. Um, and uh, back and forth, I mean, they get a point out of it. They lost in the shootout, but it's, it's a point. And uh, they keep the... Uh, the point streak going, at least at home. Um, I did not like that Tampa Bay game. I was it was very sloppy. That was my I um I'm you have this issue with the secondary scoring, but I'm starting to have an issue with second chance scoring. Like and I'm not saying there wasn't good pressure and God knows I mean, you got the Zeno winner and the you know, whatever. He's a net and it was Tampa Bay is a good team. But we should be burying more of those pucks on those second yeah. chances, and we're just not. And I can't. I thought Jake DeBrus was going to win it in overtime. There was a beautiful shit, yeah. whatever. And I, for me, I think that we've been. I can't deal with what. Part of it was we started letting Tampa control the pace of the game, and you can't do that because if we think we're fast, Tampa is built on fast. Much faster. All it becomes is dump and run thing, whatever. But. Um, that was kind of annoying me during that game. It's not that I think it was a poor effort. I just think it was sloppy at points against a team that you really can't be sloppy or that happens. The and turnovers for me was a huge issue, and, and I'm sorry, but uh, a huge Marshawn fan. We both are. Yep. Great player, great guy. But, dude, what is up with the no-look passes to the other guy? <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. Seriously. At and, least and, glance. And I'm not, I, I'm not one, you know, I am not a national writer. I don't work for anybody. I'm just a you know, regular blogger that, you know, happens to have a podcast. Yeah. So you know, I'm a nobody, but I kind of threw out there a little jab saying, you know, that the, uh, the, the national food for the Boston Bruins, and I put in apple turnovers because that's basically what it was. You're giving chances to a lethal Freaking team! At some point, they're gonna capitalize, and they did. Yeah, yeah. It's just it. You know, you just. Oh, I don't get it. I mean, you give those chances to a team that's in the dead last of the league. Don't give it to a a, a team that can ruin your your night. Yeah. You know, and uh, potentially playoff series in the future. Scoring that game though, Pasternak got another power play goal from Bergeron and Krug, and Bertrand Bergeron got another power play one. David Pasternak and Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak got another power play goal from Brad Marchand and Tori Krug. Again, illustrating still top line plus Tori as the quarterback power play. Lighting it up. Yeah. And our power play hasn't been that good this year so far. No. Well, the way it normally is, but no. most but the of the goals are still coming in. 
five on five uh, scoring is still an issue. I think they've been all. They've it's, looked it's, better on five on five, but yes. not this Tampa Bay game. No, they no, did absolutely not. not. But generally, they have looked like improved. But then, whatever. That's all. The Tampa game was not my favorite game of this week. I thought it was a little bit yucky, and I hope that we control the neutral zone better and she never ever let her. That's all I could think was like, <laughs> but I know you hate when I make that sound. But and again, not because it was necessarily a poor effort, but just it was a little sloppy, and those are the kind of things. Because let's face it, the standings. We can talk about that later. It's like, what is the world coming to in the NHL? These first few yeah. weeks are a little wonky, but that's for another discussion. So but what else do we have? What was the last game this week? The on? the last game was against the. Um, the new rival, in my opinion, I, I know that you're or not. old rival. Well, it's yeah, an it's, old rival to me. It so. is, it is, but it's the old Adams Division rival and so on. But I'm just sick of playing them. I know. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Boston Bruins, traveled to the Scotiabank Arena, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a back and forth game. Lots of mistakes uh, on both sides, but uh, pretty much a Boston. Toronto. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it definitely had a playoff freaking atmosphere. Um, but the, the Boston Bruins lose in overtime. They get a point, which means they now have points in four straight games. Um, so, but w the one thing that I got out of that was Jake DeBrusque. Oh, yay. Yeah, Finally getting the that. monkey off the guy's First back. Period. You know what I mean? I was so pumped. I mean, I, we, I was downstairs having drinks with my lovely wife, Courtney. And uh, we were watching the game, and when he scored, I literally, like, and, and I'm a big guy, literally jumped, I mean, right off of my seat and just like, you know, whoa, I was, I was so pumped for this guy. I hope that this is the start of him getting hot and, and starting to get on a streak like some other people that we're going to mention uh, very shortly. But, um, yeah, you know, it was in... Coil and that Wagner, let's give them a little props. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of secondary scoring. Yeah. Well, like I said, I like to see <laughs> names that aren't necessarily the same four. I mean, I love these four or five names. We'll talk about well, that but, in a minute. Um, but DeBrus, like I said, I thought he was going to win that Tampa game in overtime. Like, the, the, he had a beautiful, beautiful... She just did not come. So, good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's give Heinen and Pasternak there doing the second period. Brett Ritchie from Pasta and Marshy and Bergeron for, for Pasternak's goal, but... And all the penalties were in the second period in that game. Is that weird? Yeah. Yeah, it is like weird. Like, all of them. No, no, wonder why. no wonder why the Bruins struggle in the second period. They're always in the box. Yeah. Ah. Anyway. All right, so that's that, but I bet you want to move on to something else. I do, actually, and uh, it's, um, oh. We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! That's right, Frank the Tank. We are going streaking. Um, the, the top line, obviously, has been the, the, the motor of this Boston Bruins team. So uh, the, the streaks that have been continuing on have, have naturally come from the top line, the perfection line, um, as, as many would say. But uh, in eight games, these three particular players of this Boston Bruins team have just been outstanding, uh, whether they're injured or uh, a big nose or uh, a favorite food dish. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the the line of uh, Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron had just been absolutely crazy. So uh, they've been streaking. And um, so Pasternak has nine goals, six assists, 15 points in eight games, and he's currently on a six-game point streak. Brad Marchand has four goals, eight assists, 12 points in eight games, and is on a seven-game point streak. Patrice Bergeron, eight games, Seven game point streak. 
this is the best line in hockey. You could put them in wheelchairs and you'd still get something out of them. It's just crazy. There's been times they probably should have been in a wheelchair, but they <laughs> no, weren't. No uh, punctured lung, yeah. broken rib, Can whatever, not, hamstring. How about instead of calling them the perfection line, which is, first of all, that's a lot of pressure to be called the perfection line. Uh, we should call them the production line because they were absolutely See, I like the that. best. They are the best line in hockey. I like that idea. Thing. Um, I just, oh, sorry. Henrik Lundqvist. Sorry. Don't look at me. It's the Bruins podcast. I know, but again, you distract me with the highlights. I like other hockey. Well, i got to have hockey um, on one I of these know, 19 okay, screens anyways, that I have in here. Um, but they should be called the production line because that is an insane amount of points. When that's most of your team's points, you know what I mean, too, and uh, they muddle through. And that doesn't mean that there's we don't have other people who are, like, trying to produce or trying there, but they, they're the type of line when people walk up, like, people are like, oh, God, I don't want to be matched up against them. But, yeah, they're the best line. I don't care. And I don't think it's necessarily streaky because they've been the best line in hockey for, like, three years now. Yeah. And uh, they're just showing that, again, like, it's like they never shut down over the summer. The, I feel well, like the boys are continuing to just... Before we get to the upcoming schedule mm -hmm. and our ad read from the awesome people at betonline.ag, we might as well just get into this right now because I don't see any interfering with any of our future agenda. But um, you look at, look at the Boston Bruins points, obviously highlighted by the top three that we just mentioned. But... And, and your boy Krug's there. I know, he's got six points. I was going to say, I don't want to say anything, but Torres Yeah, but still, you're a defenseman, and you still got six points in eight games. That's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, that means to me that you're still going to be a 60, 70-point guy. Right, as long as he's healthy, easily a 70-point kid. But the plateau just goes right there. Yeah. After that, it goes down to Heinen with two points, DeBrusk with two points, Richie, I, I don't expect this guy to score much at all. Yeah. McCoyle, two, yeah. two assists. He's a minus four in the season. Not a knock. It's early. Yeah. He's still playing good. I His, think he's hustling. Like, he's still hustling like Charlie Coyle. Yeah. Just that line and Wagner. Like, they've... I've knocked... I knocked the trade. I get it. I know people that listen to this show on the regular are like, oh, Mark, now you're kissing Coyle's ass. Oh, please. That was seven months ago. Let it go. I know. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it is, you, I'm seeing things. I don't, I didn't watch Minnesota on the regular, so I didn't see his tendencies and where his his hot zones and cold zones would be, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm seeing it now. It's all being absorbed now, and his puck possession skills oversee, oversee, in my opinion, his ability to put the puck in the net. I still want to see a, his, his point production go up, because I believe if, he's, if he is, in fact, extended, for multiple years in the future, you, you need that second line. You need a guy that can put the puck on the net and be in command in the middle, up the middle, you know, so I'm rambling. My bad. Which is really his job is to drive. Exactly. Play, right? So, like you said, at this point, I'm, no one's mad at him about point production. I kind of think I that... do think he's grinding. You know who I'm worried yeah, about oh, yeah. is Sean Corrali. Because even though he's got some... And I guess that's probably because the third and fourth line, A, has been moving around a little bit, and B, I don't like you know, it's early in the season, and they're... Those two lines just seem to be struggling to finish. And it's not because it's a lack of effort. It's just a lack of, like I said, I, I feel just as a team as a whole, we've lost a lot of perfectly good second chances. Like last night there was one on the radio, like I happened to be listening to the radio of the game at the time. And Bob Beer's just the sound of his voice. Like it was an, a wide open net on that side, right? And like, you know, and so Surratt's like, 
wide open net. And then he goes, yeah, like, oh, an open net or whatever on the left side. And Beer's like, yeah, like wide open. Like, and that was lit something like that he said and just the tone said it. Like he's getting, he too as a right. fan and a hockey watcher is a little frustrated with why. Also, I mean, I guess this just goes to we do have a really sick third and fourth line or third and fourth line matchups that we can produce. Yep. And it's frustrating, I think, to not see them more. So like last yep. night's game was good for them to get kind of. No, I got it. Yeah. yeah. But so. my, my point about Coyle and, and just just real quick, yeah. my point about Coyle going up, like if Krejci's like out of the picture in a year uh, or, or earlier. Or this year. Yeah. Um, you know, he can be slotted up. And then the, the aggressive movement goes up for everybody else. I really don't like Corelli on the third line. He just looks so uncomfortable. I, and I know I said this on the podcast probably last year, that what the Bruins should do with him is like practice him on the third line, or on the fourth line, and then throw him just like right before game time when the game sheet comes out, like, yeah. Curls, you're on the third. Yeah. Just like prepare yourself. But him being on the, third li- on the fourth line um, between Wagner and, and the whoever, Lindholm, yeah. Nordstrom. I, like I, I just think he's more I, comfortable. I like either Heinen or Bacchus there myself on the fourth line. Yeah. Not just because of play, but I just think that, like we talked about, like with chemistry, Spread out the they offense. feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. And it does, yeah, it rotates up. I'm the, but the fourth and second line have been very strange. Like at this point, I guess the problem isn't who's Krejci's right wing. Now the problem is who's Jake DeBrus' center. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What's well, Coil? Yeah, well, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, we always have the mystery of who's the right yeah, winger. Well, now the mystery is Scooby Doo. <laughs> now we got what multiple we doors. Do? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, I think though. I mean, that's respect. I mean, obviously, when Charlie Coyle got traded here, his numbers were not good. Like, <clears throat> uh, his numbers did not reflect perhaps the caliber player. And I, you're not the only person who doesn't watch like. Like, to us, Minnesota is an obscure hockey market. Sure. Like, we're never going to see them except for maybe twice a year and if we're both in the cup finals. Like, Absolutely. So you don't really think about... You don't really maybe stay up on them. Like, you think about... Like, the Sharks. Like, Boston fans tend to always watch the Sharks because Joe Thornton... Jumbo Joe. Blah, 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 right? I'm not even a Joe Thornton person. I mean, I respect him or whatever. But, like, at the time, I was not crying a river when he... You know, whatever. But, I mean, I respect him as a like a human being and like what he's done in hockey but like people tend to watch the sharks or even like the stars because some people still are hung up on tyler sagan oh. another one that i was like oh tyler i wasn't so much pack your bags to joe thornton i was certainly pack your bags to, i was over tyler sagan very quickly um i love the sun but like charlie coyle i think that his numbers didn't necessarily reflect his play and it's not like why would you watch lots of footage of Minnesota? I'm not even convinced Minnesota fans watch lots of footage of Minnesota playing. So, oh, and and, and you, sometimes when we're doing these shows, like Heather would just say something, and all of a sudden, like, something just pops in my head. So I'm going to say it right now. Um, you talk about the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, no, yeah, no, not even Patrick Milo, but <laughs> Martin Jones. Remember back in yeah. the day when we had him for like five minutes, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, and then they traded him to San Jose. To get Corrali, um, I thought it was funny that everybody was a lot of people. The Tuca haters were all just like, "Oh, you gave away the wrong goaltender. You should have traded Rask and blah blah blah." We needed Jones. How are you feeling now? Martin Jones is terrible. Yeah, he's t- I mean, he's. I, I hate saying that about a player because he's way better than me and in a, he- a way better position so than I ever will be. You mean compared to his peers? Right? Yeah, like, he's just not playing well, and yeah. and it's just. It's another shit sandwich to these He's two not going to win you the Stanley Cup for Jumbo Joe. No. no. Not even a playoff round. <laughs> <laughs> True that. So, um, 
uh, before we get to the uh, upcoming schedule, and obviously with an upcoming schedule, you have time to like, you know, if you're a betting guy, you could you know, place a wager on any of the upcoming games that we're going to talk about um, uh, shortly after this ad read. But the Boston Bruins regular season is finally here, and with eight games in the books, um, placing a wager on any sport has never been more exciting than with the great folks at BetOnline.ag. Did you know placing a bet is not limited to the 31 teams in the NHL other? No. At betonline.ag, you can place bets on teams in 11 leagues in Europe. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and a CLNS media content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on to your sport betting bankroll. That's a tongue tire. Mm. When you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50, this added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support a Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag. Use the code CLNS50. Please remember, a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite sport season, Heather. I will not. Also, people, go out there. You've got your baseball playoffs going on. You've got your NBA starting up going on. You've got your NFL every weekend. Um, my Bills are the second best team in the ASC East, not by default, but because we're actually a good team. And yes, slightly because everyone else sucks. So I take your Bills and the Pats. If you are playing the AFC, those teams are on fire right now. Okay, you got lots of things that you could bet on. You got MLS is still going on, I think. Yeah. And uh, might be a little cold up there. Just play a little soccer. But anyway, get into all the action, folks. Go to betonline.ag. Use the code CLNS50. This betonline.betonline.ag is your online sports wagering experts, and they do a fantastic job over there. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Thank you. So. Now we got to talk, talk about some hockey. We got that out of the way. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. No, <laughs> that, was that, was, that was awesome. I actually, I, I, I was actually pointing at you. I'm like, maybe you should get involved in this because I am terrible at reading. <laughs> well, like I said, sometimes you read too much rather than just go off your head because you do know it. You have it in your head. You just don't I know. know it. But, but anyway. Get it right. Let's get it right. If you do want to place wages, we do have two games coming up this week, and that sucks because it's a two-day break. There's no hockey. I mean, there's no NHL Boston Bruins hockey. On, on Sunday the 20th, the 21st, they are home at TD Garden in Boston to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. We owe them for that uh, overtime loss I'm last night. I know, I am too. But hey, you know what? You could be a Providence Bruins fan all the time, right? And yeah. play the Springfield Falcons, oh, Thunderbirds, 12 times a season. Okay, I or get, Bridgeport, 12 I that, times a season. I, I do play Toronto 12 times a season. At I know, this it seems like it. So, all right, Tuesday the 22nd, at home, Toronto, yes. TD Bank Garden. And then there's a three-day break before retribution. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Please don't let us win at home. If we let them win on home ice again, I'm going to probably freak out. I don't yeah. know. She'll, I can't she'll make that awful that puking sound. In case I do freak out, I can't say it out there. But the St. Louis Blues come back to town where they hoisted the Stanley Cup in mid June, and uh, I, I think we, <laughs> I think we, I, I'm over it. I, I just like talking. I about got it. over it the minute I actually saw the cop at Ainsley yeah. Elementary School. Yeah, that's all right, baby. <laughs> I'm all right with that. But uh, yeah, we do owe this uh, St. Louis Blues team 
Um, and I would be, I would love nothing more than to go out to my friend Jeff Ponder on the uh, Let's Go Blues radio podcast. Those guys do a fantastic job, and just go, hey, we we won one at home. I love, <laughs> I love the um, title of it. The other, the episode the other day is this. Is this the hangover? Yeah, whatever? yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was that was pretty the, good. So what happens when you party till August first? <laughs> so there's only two games next week, which sucks. So and then uh, there's only two more after that as the the month of October closes. And, and Jesus, this has gone so fast already. An eighth of the season. Yeah. So um, yeah. So let's uh, let's uh, hey, why don't we take a, a quick break? And then we'll come back and we'll touch on uh, some topics that we uh, that I came up with just to uh, to uh, get past the time a little bit. I got you. You know how I can fill some space. Oh, I know. You're a yappa. I am. All right, we'll That's be right back. We'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores. Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. We are back after a small break. Uh, refresh the coffee. It is uh, still in the morning on Sunday, the twentieth, and uh, we're back here talking Bruins hockey. But we've got a couple topics we want to jump on after uh, talking about the previous games and and what's going on and who's streaking and and so on. But um, I wanted to uh, touch on the uh, Kevin Miller and uh, John Moore uh, were seen practice practicing with the uh, team or they're skating before the team practice. I'm not sure if they're doing practices with others yet. If they are, it's definitely red jersey. Um, But they are skating and they're making progress. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of word around the Twitterverse and and, and Bruins Nation about what is going to happen to the lineup, especially on the decor, which I believe has seen some holes uh, definitely a work in progress, but when they're healthy, what's the lineup going to look like, and and should should we mess with uh, something that's not broken um, or partially broken? Uh, well, on one hand, I don't think more. It's probably a, a little while longer before because he had a four to six month time frame, so he's probably just really starting to get into his rehab. But I mean, I like the D as it is. It doesn't bother me. I don't feel like. Maybe size-wise, they fill the gap, you know, and obviously experience. But I kind of like what we have. That being said, I mean, they are supposed to be in the top six defensemen, and I, you know, or at least rotating back and forth being the six defensemen. So I think that's going to leave Cliffy out in the end because you're not going to downgrade Matt Grizzly. I mean, like Matt Grizzly is solidly up at this point, and 
I don't think they'll both come back. So I, I that can be good and bad because I think that Connor Clifton is ready to move up, and but you see holes just because he is young and he's figuring it out. I, I'm not saying I think it would be damaging for him to go, have to go, but let's face it, Moore and Miller are supposed to be in there anyways. Uh, I would, you know how I feel, I'd rather have Moore back than Miller. I just think that overall. The, the, um, the thing that really gets me about this whole thing is um, uh, Connor Clifton is like borderline, borderline games played to um, be exposed to the waiver process. If the Bruins need to get him off the roster to, you know, accommodate for these two defensemen that potentially could come back sooner rather than later, yep. um, and and the more they wait, and the more he plays, it's 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 going to be it's scary. I don't want to lose defensemen. This is like a diamond in the rough. This is a free agent that the scouting staff uh, went out. And looked and found and and I think Clifton is a really good good player. Complements this uh, the bottom six of the defense very well. Tons of potential. Young. I mean, this it, it, a work in progress is not a bad thing. I hate to lose that for for the waiver process for two players that I know we don't. I don't have a huge history with John Moore, mm -hmm. but. You know, if he's going to be this type of player that's going to be injured all the time, you got to do something with him. Obviously, Kevin Miller is, is that, that player. And I'm not, mm -hmm. again, I'm not trashing injuries. It happens. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the business and you look at the talent and, and you're putting the play pieces together like, like Bruce Cassidy does on the regular, you got to realistically say, this player is giving us something right now. This player over here on this hand isn't. So those are the types of decisions that have to be made. And, and obviously, you know, they will do the best and do the due diligence on this whole thing. But realistically, to me, the people that are producing right now should be staying. Uh, that I, feel, I think defense is playing fine. I mean, yeah, it gets a little sloppy at times. But I think Carlos got to step it up. The overall team defense is, I yeah. think, been a problem. It hasn't been so much the actual defense uh, when we have been... Sloppy or messy or a little yep. ugly. Mr. At times. Simons. I agree turnovers. with you. Brandon Carlo, he's not looking like himself, but at yeah, the same time. Yeah, when you don't time, show up. Right. And at the same time, we're eight games in or whatever. Yeah, like I know. He's still calm a ton down. Of time. Like he's 22. <laughs> I'm not jumping. Like he's 22 <laughs> or something. Let's like, we'll revisit this. I think the end game, though, with Moore and Miller at this point. So I don't. What are the logistics? So if Connor plays X amount of games, All right. he has to stay up. I think per like the. What, yeah. The CBA or whatever rule is, what I is think it's 60 games, okay. 60 NHL games, and then um, at any time after that, uh, he'd have to be he'd be exposed. So, put it into this term. Obviously, it's a different player, but Peter Solarik, mm -hmm. okay, yeah. reached that yeah. last season. He had to start the year in the NHL this season, even though he was not going to make the roster. But he had to be up for a paper transaction Before to go down. Yeah, right. But he, had, he, like I said, he exceeded those games, yeah. and he was put through the waiver process. Now, from my understanding and what I read, 
is that they were more tempting forwards for other teams to pick through, mm -hmm. and Solaric kind of slid under the freaking bar. That's not going to be the case with Connor Clifton. Right, right. That probably he, will not be the case. He's the type of player, again, like Solaric. Solaric is a good NHL player. He's going to be good. Yeah. I just think that he's, his opportunity is going to come from another NHL organization. Yeah, I, agree with you. I don't. I and there's think in the end, as much as he tried, just I the don't depth. think this The depth was, is so deep, he's yeah. getting overpassed. There was too many people that could, like I said, I, we've been, I've been saying that about the young guys, right? At some point, we're all going to have to become realistic, and the guys that are rising to the top are going to be the ones that are the roster, and the rest of them are going to be trade deals or maybe in our yeah. Providence system. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, though, the end game with Moore or Miller could possibly be to just to get them healthy and perhaps move one of them for the trade deadline. Because if they, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not particularly a Miller person, but Kevin Miller is a solid defenseman if he's not hurt, which he's been hurt, that's not his fault. But if he can get healthy enough to get some games in, that's too something that you can move. He's got, what, maybe one year or something. He's not got that much term left. This is his last season. Yeah, so move him somewhere for a team that maybe just needs a defenseman and keep one of them. So I think that's really more of the end game, not, not because I think either one of them are going to come in. But I... I don't know. I just, it's hard to say because I would not like to see Connor Clifton potentially be exposed like that. But at the same time, I respect that Moore and Miller are, that's, not that you have your slot, right? But I mean, it takes a lot to dislodge someone who sh probably should be pay-wise or otherwise in the top. Yeah, this, so, is, this is his last season. He's a UF, uh, Kevin Miller is a UFA 2021. But that I think is going to be crucial too because to move one of them. You know, we everyone kept saying that, and that kind of hurt trying to find money for Carlo and McAvoy, but this offseason is going to be just as important, and I don't think people realize that because Donnie and the front office need to set up for what's coming in 2021 and 21 into 22 with Seattle and the draft and all that stuff that's going to be happening. So we have this summer, but then the next June is when stuff is kind of as a league all moving around. So I think hopefully they can move one of them by the trade deadline because you're going to need to free up money to pay DeBrusque or Krug or whoever if you choose to, if they so choose to. And we need that spot because Connor Clifton has, kind of in the same way that Matt Grizzlick did, right? He slowly, yeah, great comparison on, slowly on the, on the, on the progression up. that as fans, it was like Grizzlick became one of our six defensemen in our heads. And as a team, out of necessity, he became one of the six defensemen and has grown. And at first, it was a little ugly with him, right? And he's coming into his own. Again, yeah. it's the Playing beginning of the season. Playing time does wonders to players. It really does. Yeah. But not everybody's necessarily ready. Like Peter Solaric, I think, was a player. Like, you stop making him come up because he's not ready to be up. And all it's doing is kind of maybe setting him back psychologically about, like, I can't seem to please my coach and I am turning things over and, like, you know, whatever. But uh, for me, I think with Miller and Moore, one of them will end up here at least through the end of the season and one of them's gone at the trade deadline as barring them still being on the IR, obviously. Speaking of trade deadline, that's a great segue right there. All right. On, and, and staying on to this Miller and Moore subject, I know we're getting a little long on this, but um, there's a lot of people that believe that as soon as those red sweaters come off and they're, and they're signed off as healthy to play, yeah. that they're tradable. Um, and, and I find that funny that when you, it, I don't know, it, maybe it's just like the spontaneous thing that fans think about sometimes, especially Bruins fans, 
but and not enough time to, to step back and take a, a wider look at the picture. But like put your, put yourself in a in an, in the opposite seat as a GM on the other side. You're trying to trade a player that just come back from injury and hasn't been on the ice in game time or either has like a game or two in and you you're you want to move him for like a draft pick or something like that with the other guy saying well that's kind of a liability right at this point because I don't know how long this this player is going to last so i believe and this this actually you know plays into the whole clifton thing too but kind of sort of but i'm not going to get back into that but you know it's just um i i'm i'm losing it uh, just that people think that you can automatically move them. Yeah. Just because they have their red jersey they're off doesn't have, mean that they're actually cleared to play on right. the ice and be healthy. They're going to have to play for at least, I want to say, a month. or t- so Which would play into right around that trade yeah. deadline. If they're good enough and they, are, they built up enough, um, you know... Health and just production yes. or whatever, just all around, right? Showing that they're going to be a, fun- a function. It's not even trade value. It's just, Man, like for them, it's like... Uh, just to show you're a functioning player. Yeah. Because they aren't that big of a cap hit either one of them, and they are both, you know, decent defensemen. So if they look healthy enough that they could help, someone might be tempted. But other than that, you're right. Like who, Both average, first 2.5. Of all, like, again, not Kevin Miller's fault, but Kevin Miller has not played a full season in two years-ish. Very true. And hasn't really even played in the McQuaid-ish. last year. Right. Well, that's why I always call him Adam Miller. Don't do that. I tried very hard to call him by his actual name. And again, that's nothing against him. Like he again, injuries happen, and like that kid's had a a run of a mill, like just continuously oh, yeah. just, being hurt. Like you said, a little bit like sucks. Our old friend Miller, but um, I in the end, one of them will be here at the end of the year, and probably not after the end of the right. year. And one of them will be done at the trade deadline, as long as they're healthy enough to look like they can function for the last three months of the season. Should be interesting, to say the least. Um, moving on to the next subject, uh, a, a positive one, um, and no need to worry about this guy in the lineup. He is David Pasternak, Pasta for everybody. I love the gif that I use on, on Twitter and Facebook when Pasta scores a goal. It's a little kid, little boy. He's got a fork and a knife, and he and somebody throws pasta right in his face. It's funny. Um, I'll show you later. It's okay. it's freaking hilarious. But the question uh, that seems to be going around the Twitterverse, Twitterverse, and um, and the way that Pasternak is playing right now with um, with uh, no with fifteen points in eight oh, games, um, can he surpass the fifty goal mark? Looks good right now. See, I feel like this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, but no, because I think, although I think Pasta's our first pure goal scorer that we've had in a while. What about 100 points? Like our sniper. I think 100 points, yes. I think he is very, he gets very streaky, and he's fucking hot like a mother right now, but we might not see him from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and I don't know, or not, I hope not, but I have a hard time thinking that, like, he woke up one morning, and all of a sudden was Alex Ovechkin, you know what I mean? Like, I I mean, would I love that? That would be, fa- oh, look at there. Pasta right on the freaking screen, on the on all-star, all-star skills. <laughs> What's up, guys? No, I'm just kidding. Speaking of Pasta rumor is... But anyways, I don't, I don't think he'll get 50 goals, but I definitely think he's on pace point. for 100 points. He, he lo- is looking like the... Uh, 
Kucherov of this season at this point. That's, just like blazing that. a trail. Like when you're like, wow, this guy's streaking. Like he just started streaking but never stopped streaking. When you have more points than your team does, yeah. like you're, like you're doing that. all right with one. yourself, right? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Rumor, you... rumor is that uh, David Pasternak's Porsche was seen at a, a gas station here in Amesbury, our hometown, uh, right, right near the police station, um, gassing up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know for that for a fact, but I do know we live by major. Maybe somebody looked like him and had a had the same license plate as Pasta One. Like, has someone have a picture of it? I want to see a picture. Yeah, see, pictures would do so much more justice. Like, I'd feel better if I could actually see the. I think. I think Pasta has the serious potential to to reach the fifty goal mark, and that would be fantastic, and a hundred points. So I'm I'm looking at and the way that's trending right now. Yeah, I mean, his, his numbers are just unbelievable. Yeah, he's crazy right now. I mean, I'd love to see him score a 500. 500 yeah, 500, could you imagine? Jesus, like, that'd be awesome. Take that. I'm just kidding. Um, now we go down the uh, the roller coaster. The rabbit hole. The rabbit hole of Brett Ritchie, the Bruins forward that they signed as a free agent shortly after the free agent frenzy this summer. Um, listen, I... I uh, thank God I'm not the decision makers because I certainly w this wouldn't be a player of my desire. But he, apparently he fits a role that Bruce Cassidy likes in his lineup. And to each their own. I'm gonna have to disagree. I don't care about his numbers. I don't care about this and that. I don't care about his toughness. Um, I care about points. I'm a big point guy. Wow, you are hostile towards Brett Ritchie. I'm indifferent to Brett Ritchie. I'm like, mm, yeah, well, you know, like... Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not hating it. I don't necessarily want you there. You're not, like, terrible, but, but I just not think, really... I just think like, for the dollar value, a million dollars for the season, yeah. right, that they could have gone to Providence and brought somebody up for 950000 on an entry-level deal. At the same time, they have... And waiver wavered. You know, if you could bring anybody in. You could you could revolve that door with prospects instead of the the old, oh, he's got NHL experience. Okay, on, or one, toughness. on one hand, the Providence kids weren't necessarily looking like they could uh, sustain a long-term roll-up on That's the That's a valid squad. point, no doubt. And it was cheap money to grab them. And there must have been something like, I mean, I don't know whose decision that was, but ultimately I'm sure the coach, you know, well, usually they let the coach have say in it. Some I, mean, oh, absolutely. I don't think Don Sweeney was just like, oh, no, I need Brett Ritchie on this team, and you're just going to have to deal with him, David Cassidy. Just kidding, he's not David Cassidy. Everyone David always Cassidy. calls him Butch, like, you know, like, <laughs> obviously Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, so I like to think of him as David Cassidy. So he's got awesome hair. This, this brings me up to the, um, well, we're definitely going to talk about it on the, uh, the Black and Gold Prospects podcast um, on Tuesday, but... Um, you know, Anders Bjork is playing very well down in the AHL, and I think he's, like, within the top five in scoring down there in six games, five or six games, um, really playing well. I love that team down there, even though they're kind of struggling right now. But that's an option as well. And if they wanted to cycle them through, get him up. Um, I kind of believe that it's a small sample size in the AHL, I'm not sure how this point production in the AHL will transition into the NHL, but there's signs there that he could be an option. I've heard that they maybe are trying to just give 
like let Anders Bjork kind of go. Like he's on a streak right now. Let him have the date games down there, the confidence, the score, you know, whatever. And then break glass in case of emergency. Yeah, okay. And bring him up, like you know, because he is sticking out. I mean, he would be helpful. But in uh, can I just go back and Brett Ritchie's defense? This is weird. Like a sentence I know. I never even said Brett Ritchie until he became a Bruin. But um, in his defense. If you look, everyone's got two points. Like, he's not the, like, and no one's looking particularly spectacular except for the production line in Tory Krug. Know what I mean? Like, so, uh, we have to, uh, what are you looking Max throwing freaking shit David in the in Pasternak. the crowd. This dude's so funny. <laughs> I love him. I'm sorry. I was seeing earlier, Drew Doughty was doing this. So, the target competition to me always and forever will be Ray Bork's. Yeah, right oh yeah. Oh Chris yeah. Letang's doing it right now, people, if you didn't watch it last February or whatever, yeah, in January. For the, but, uh... <laughs> I'm just letting you know. But anyways, <laughs> Ray Bork will always and forever be the target accuracy champion of my heart and my mind. And everyone knows it, no matter who has any records or anything on that. Sorry. Okay. But, focusing back. But Brett Ritchie, in his defense, it's like, look at the numbers over there on your screen. I mean, it's not like anybody's doing much better than him. Like, no, I know. Because like, like we said earlier, after the after the Tory Krug, it, it just, point production just goes right down. Um, but it's but, I, uh, would I rather have David Backus than Brett Ritchie playing? Yes, I, if that's what you want to ask without I bringing say, up Backus. Yeah. yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I'm Definitely. saying I, I mean, and I know like he's been kind of bumping people in out here, there, and everywhere, and now we have, you know, Norseman was out, and obviously Krejci's been out, which, again, ask me again if I'm worried about David yeah, Backus now. But this is a different injury. I wasn't worried before, now I am. But, but uh, to, to, to just finish up on this topic, um, I, I mean, if they brought Anders up, I really liked what I saw. And I know it was a preseason game, but I liked what I saw on the third line of Coyle, uh, Bjork, and Heinen. I mean, that gave me a kickstand right there for, just for a little bit. I and, do, do like the idea of Bjork and Heinen together on a line. I think that you got you got your center. Them. You got your center that's a puck possession master, and you got two guys with speed on on your wings. That just that just oh to me it just that that's. Poetry in motion. Well, I said it before. I like Anders Bjork. He's like he's one of the guys, like yeah. the prospect guys that I'm looking at, waiting for him to simmer and move up. And I also don't want to rush him either because if he's feel if he's streaky just in his own comfort zone, I don't want to disrupt that by pulling him up too early. And kind of reminds me pressure. of what they did with um, with Frank Vitrano. Mm. Frank Vitrano played 33 games in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins. And scored thirty some thirty two goals. He was amazing. Every time he was down there, he was scoring. Gets to the NHL, glimpses, small sample sizes here, and then long streaks of no points, and then you would literally forget he was on the team. Yeah, you know what? Like, it's just like you really wanted to pull for the guy and so on. But when he's so streaky, the Bruins did they did it right. You know what I mean? They they moved on from him at the right time because if he was still around. Then he'd probably be in that whole debacle of uh, free agents, uh, restricted free agents that had to be signed this summer, or you know what I mean. So I mean, their future planning and 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 roster and contract adjustments, I think, is really good because you're not bottlenecking everybody. Well, you're kind of doing it now with all that, all those freaking prospects that they pick up in 2015 right now. Yeah. So. Anyway. That all shake itself out, like we said. The next three years yeah. are crucial to the Bruins' yeah. decision-making. Absolutely. How to proceed if they're going to compete for the next decade. Like, they've been one of the prominent teams for 15 years now, you know, and if they want to, in the future, still be at the top of the charts every year, 
Yeah. They'll work it out. Donnie Sweeney's the man with the plan. I've said that a million times. Absolutely. I'll say it again. Sweeney's. Don Sweeney. And my last topic um, is uh, Ted Green passing. Um, longtime defenseman for the Bruins. Um, I know he, I listened to podcasts. Um, he was out of my era, and I, 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 all I know is stuff about video. But regardless of my of my lack of knowledge about this certain player, um, it's 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 it sucks when you lose uh, a long alumni member. Or you know, I, I just feel for the family and so on, and 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 to those who, who watched Ted Green and 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 uh, held him at a very high standard in in their fandom. So, um, shout out to um, the uh, Green family and friends. Um, so I mean, from the stuff that I listened to, he was a longtime Bruin, and the accident was was horrendous. There's no video on it. It was a preseason game, um, and you know, the one thing that pretty much I know he came back after, but it wasn't long. He didn't last long. But in a preseason game, um, he took a. There was a kind of like a stick battle, uh, from what Jeff Merrick was saying on the uh, Thirty One Thoughts podcast with Elliot Friedman. Uh, said that you know, uh, it was kind of a stick battle. They're going back and forth, and and you know, Ted Green was like, uh, "All right, I'm done with it," kind of sorta. And the guy literally took advantage of him turning away and then whacked him over the head with a stick and, like, fractured his skull. Um, and hearing on the, uh, the Bruins History YouTube videos and so on, like, uh, Phil Esposito saying that, or Jerry Cheevers saying that when he hit the ice, the, the, the phlegm that was coming out of his mouth was so thick they thought it was teeth. I mean, that was... I mean, he was on death's, death's door, Yeah. you know, so um, that's just a very sad story. But one thing I did get out of it was, and he was a very quiet person, I heard, in, 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 in readings, articles, that the many that people have done, and the videos that I've watched, and, and just listened to the people talk, um, was he was just a, a great mentor. And he, he, many didn't think that he could be such a great mentor by being so quiet. You know what I mean? He was just just that type of person that, uh, even though he wanted to be kind of alone and did his own little you know thing, that he was available to uh, to give back, and and that's important and to any type of development in any sport. So, um, you know, that's what I've seen a lot of is like just how much he uh, gave back to you know like. He found a different path, you know, and he was, that's where he'll be remembered, his impact there. And, yeah, thoughts and prayers, obviously, to friends and family. And I know it happened a while ago, but it's just but something still, that I really wanted to bring up because I, you know, I'm a forgetful person. So sometimes when I'm getting on an agenda, it's kind of quick and I just kind of, you know, jot the notes down. And But I wanted to mention something because he's a, he's a former Bruin and so on, so, and, you know, and... The good thing about that whole, there's nothing good about that accident. I shouldn't have said that. But the, if there was a highlight out of that whole season, and he didn't play that whole year, was the, the Bruins still honored him by putting the name on the cup that year. Even though he didn't play. I know there's rules nowadays that you have to play 10 games or yeah. something like that. Uh, but, no, that was a class act from the, a classy organization, even though they were pretty shitbags back, back in those days. But, anyway... And we're going to take a quick break, but before that, I just want to mention a new partnership with the, the store next door. 
Um, if you don't know what the store next door is, it's a, it's a uh, Nova Scotia-based um, um, company, I believe, that um, works with uh, people with disabilities of all ages, and um, they, they do great things. They build awesome stuff, and particularly the hockey stuff. They collect uh, thousands of sticks every year, thousands and thousands of sticks every year. And um, they make furniture out of this stuff and, and sell it internationally and, um, and bring the, the money goes back. Each one of these individuals uh, get a paycheck, which is great, but it also, you know, it's also a company thing to keep everybody involved and, and the no quit attitude is great. But we're happy at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast to, um, to add this as a, as a great uh, way to help out. And um, these are great uh, Canadian people that deserve um, every chance they get and, uh, and to be just like everybody else. So um, please go check out the store nextdoor.com or .ca. Uh, and, um, but regardless, listen to this commercial as we take a quick break. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. We are back. Uh, that was a great little commercial, a great little ad that we're going to do. We're, we're happy to be uh, partnered up with the store next door and get the message out to a further audience for them uh, about their hockey products. And I think it's a great, great thing that they do up there. Um, so happy to bring them aboard. And make sure you share the information with your friends and family. Absolutely. I, I mean, please share with friends and family. Yeah. It's a good. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good I mean, they, 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 they have really cool Adirondack chairs. Oh, yeah. I love that thing. Yeah. Kind they have uh, benches. They have end tables. I bought recently. It's, um, it's a puck with a, with a composite hockey stick in the middle. Mm -hmm. But there's holes that are drilled out so you can use it for your toothbrush. Oh, yeah. Or you can use it for a pens and pencils and so on. That's it's cool. pretty cool, man. Good uh, uh, Christmas ideas. Yeah, holiday great ideas. for the holidays, absolutely. Other holidays coming up as well. So Heather, why don't we take uh, advantage of the time that we have right now and, and talk about some things that, that you picked up uh, during the week and uh, brought to the table. Okay, well, I don't really have too much, but I did read on Boston, uh, what is it called? Jeez, now I'm going to fall apart on uh, <laughs> bostonbruins.com, you know, the NHL Boston Bruins site. 
that uh, it's STEM week this week in Massachusetts. And if you don't know what STEM is, that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics or something like that. I don't know. I used to be a teacher. I should know that. But that's what it is. It's all about, like, I know nothing sciences. about it, but I'm learning. But uh, anyway, so the Bruins, uh, or what am I saying? The Bruins Foundation gave out $50,000 in... Uh, money towards like new STEM labs in schools. Uh, first place got twenty five, second place got fifteen thousand, and ten uh, ten thousand for third place. And then they also did twenty five thousand dollars worth of scholarships for students participating at uh, STEM at work internships. So I thought that was pretty cool. And they're also holding a thing on Tuesday uh, at the Warrior Ice Arena where kids will go through stations. Uh, and kind of apply the STEM things uh, in real life time and also probably I'm sure just an incredible experience with that uh, but you know they have like a theme to do each one they're doing something at the garden um, I thought it was cool I know Lawrence there's a school in Lawrence uh, that is getting some of that for their first ever STEM lab. Oh, I couldn't find a thing. Uh, so anyways the Bruins Foundation commits to installing a new STEM lab in middle schools across New England each year in a partnership with Red River and uh, the first STEM lab at Spark Academy in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is a town not far from yeah, us on the Merrimack River right. that really could use some school investment into their children and their that's awesome. modernity. So that's pretty cool. I don't know where the other schools were, but that one caught my eye because Merrimack River Valley and all in our location is everywhere. But I just wanted to say the Bruins Foundation continuing to support the kids in this community. Representing and, the Valley, uh, baby. Yeah, and they uh, they do a lot of good. I mean, I, I know all organizations do good and whatever else, but I also uh, just wanted to say, like, good on. I'm glad Lawrence got some stuff. Um, as you know, I'm kind of a little... Providence. Oh. Never mind. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> I was like, what? All right. So the other thing is, you know, I'm obsessed with the milestones or whatever else. So oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd That's like right. to do a milestone update. I figure we could do this every yep. now and then. Breaking news. So Patrice Bergeron's two away from 500 assists. So he could probably have that by the end of the week. Sure. By the time we talk. The way he's playing and the way he's streaking. Absolutely. Um, before I say this one, I have to say the original Tuka Rask fanboy. Mark Allred, you me. one game away from 500 games played. Oh, In all seriousness, awesome. Mark had a Tuka Rask jersey when Tuka was still a Providence Bruin. Before he was I had a Tuka Rask jersey when Tuka was, was in Finland. Finland. Yeah, like he <laughs> waited very patiently. And that's why you take it so personally, especially when the crazy, especially the crazy Tuka talk happens. Because you're like, yeah, what do you yeah. have, ice? Like what you would say. So anyways, Tuka's one away to 500 games played. And it's, you can say what you want about Tuka Rask, but 500 games played is a lot of games. Games Absolutely. Played, respect that. Oh my God, we made it this far. That's my first F word that I said. Oh, I'm proud of me. Damn it. Pasta's got one more to 300 career points. He should have that by before the that game. That amazes me. On Tuesday. He's so young. Like, you forget. He's like a I know. young kid, too. I know. Just living his, literally his dream. Like, he was a little boy. You can consider him a veteran, though. I know. Isn't that, it's so weird it's crazy. to say. He's a little, he's like a little kid from the Czech Republic that's like, oh my God, someday I'm going to grow up and play with David Craig Jay. And then he got Did to. you know he doesn't play for the, he doesn't play for the money? No, he plays because that kid loves it. Yeah, I'm sure he's like, holy shit, man, 666666. I, I just remember the, so the many people numbers. hammering him because uh, he mentioned in an interview when somebody says, you know, about playing, he goes, I, I just, I just do it for fun. 
Here's a tip, though. They can do it for fun because they love it, but also enjoy the benefits of exactly. being really good at what they do and getting exactly. the money. I'm not, did he, I don't remember in that article him saying he turned down the money. He was no, like, I know, you know right? what? And then Don Sweeney was like, no, really, though, we should probably pay you. And he's like, no. Thank God for those team-friendly deals. Just give me deals. snacks. Give me some Dunkin' Donuts cold brews. And, uh, <laughs> those commercials whatever. are terrible. Oh, my God. I love that. That made David Pasternak a national star. Oh, he is three, yeah. way, day, uh, three years away from being on the cover of the video game, you know, and the coveted cover. Okay, so back to whatever. So Brad Marchand, who is, again, I just, every time I look at him, I'm like, I would never would have guessed Brad Marchand would be the Brad Marchand that he is. I just know. when he first came up, not like he was something, but just, he, this goes to prove to you that sometimes the number one draft pick is not the golden, you know, sure. ticket. Sometimes that guy's grinds his way up till he's on the production line in the most memorable and fearsome line in hockey anyways he passed 300 assists for his career assists uh actually has 305 at this point yep. so he's well on the way because his record is like he's almost to 300 goals and he was entering 300 300 and if he can get to 610 he enters the top 10 of the Bruins scorers of all time which again not in my wildest imagination when I first saw eyebrows break uh, up into the NHL that I thought that that would happen, but I'm very happy for him, obviously. Yep. And uh, Tory Krug's got six more to go to 300 career points, and if he doubles down in the next 10 days or whatever, next four games, he should be out into that. I did want to take a minute, though, about to talk about Zdeno Chara, because whether, Z. You, whether you love or hate Zdeno Chara, he is one of the longest-serving captains in NHL history, period, but definitely in the Bruins organization. Yep. And this dude, I think especially young Bruins fans might not remember that he actually did not originally start here. He already played a good amount of his career somewhere else before yep. he showed New York, up. New York Islanders yeah, and the, the um, Ottawa Senators. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we ended up with all of the with Chris second. Kelly. Like we ended like this is what Peter Shirelli does, people. In case any of you are insane enough out there, GMs to hire or I mean uh, organizations to hire him as a GM again is he's a he, consultant for what St. He Louis. does is he <laughs> takes the team, right? He gets the position, then he imports all his players that didn't work out with their highest salaries right. from the other place he came from, brings them with him, yep. and he'll bring them with them. Every I'm surprised he didn't end up in Calgary. Is that where Lucic is? That's what. <laughs> All right, sorry. How about that story? All right, moving on. But anyways, Zidane Chara, he's closing in on his thousand. Like, this season he should be, break the plane of the thousandth game as a Bruin. But he actually just became 23rd overall on the games played list in NHL history, overtaking one none other than Wayne Gretzky. Holy crap. That the great the, one? The great one. He is only one. He has currently has 1,493 games played. Uh, that means that if he, as long as, you know, everything's fine this week, he'll beat Phil Housley, who's at 22nd with 1494, and Mike Madonna, who, let's face it, got screwed out of his 1500th game, and I think, I still think certain people should be set on Two fire Two awesome over. American people. Uh, uh, he's 21st, and he should be in the 1500 club, but again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, people, Google Mike Madonna, right. 1500 Learn the game. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> number 20 is Steve Yeiserman, and he's got 1514. Not so, an American guy. Right, but before Christmas, he could beat that, right? you know what I mean? So he's working his way up into the top 20. Matt Cullen actually was number 19. He just, you guys may know him from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins at yeah. least. Yes, uh, survivor. Yeah, survivor. He just retired. Yeah. Um, 
on him. And then Brendan Shanahan, he could beat him too. He's got 15-24 this season. Then number 16, Bucky Busick and Shane Doan. Shane Doan. Yeah, so anyways, Shane Doan, they have 15-40. So anyways, Chara could well be in the top 15 of games played ever in the NHL. By the end of the year? He stays healthy, and uh, I don't care if you love or hate Zidane Chara. I am a love of Zidane Chara, although I do agree that sometimes defensively you're like, oh, like... It's, he's, he's very strange because he's you know, he still a plays great defenseman, and then he, yeah, like he goes in and out between a Norse candidate and a Zidane. What are you doing, candidate? But I just wanted to mention that uh, milestone update. Cool. Uh, and I, I like know, that. I didn't really have anything else besides uh, what they have is going on in the NHL in the first couple weeks. Because I'm looking at the... Now, these were I looked at yesterday. But if you pull it up, first of all, I'd like to say, is Buffalo having the best October that city has had in a long time? Between the Bills playing awesome and the Sabres have been playing well. I mean... So, I was looking at the... uh, We're looking at the standings right now. And, like, Buffalo is 7-1 with... uh, 15 points. Tampa Bay's out of the wild card race currently. If we started, to put it in perspective, if we started the playoffs tomorrow, Tampa Bay wouldn't make the wild card and Buffalo would be the top team. Yeah. I mean, I, I, know, it's, I know it's early. It's super early to get, like, yeah. crit, really critical. But, like, if you look at the uh, Eastern Conference, teams like the Rangers, Philly, New Jersey, I had those three teams. They have, they have um, at the bottom five. Mm. And I had these teams being up higher because of the additions they made. Antony, uh, the bread man, and um, and and yeah, that's his name. <laughs> with the Rangers, and then the additions of uh, of uh, Kevin Hayes and Philly, and um, and um, what's his name, the defenseman. Oh, uh, PK. No, no PK that's Simmons. that's New Jersey. Simmons. That's New Jersey. Uh, he came from the play? Sharks. I don't remember his name. I don't know. But anyway. I know that, I know New Jersey, I picked Florida. Andy, way up there higher in Florida. And I do have to say, though, Jack Hughes finally got his first goal. Yay. Yay. So well, I'm just saying that, good on him, because it's like, all this is like, first of all. Great American kid. Well, I'm just saying, he got drafted high up. I'm all about Americans today. What's up with that? Because you're an American. Oh. You're proud to be an That's American. That's right. But I just wanted to bring up, like, what the F is going on, like, in the East right now, in the Atlantic. And, uh. I mean, okay, so the Metro doesn't look so bad, but, like, also it's weird because some games, like, the the Rangers only played two games, and then everybody else had played, like, six games. It was, like, the weirdest schedule. Who made these stupid NHL schedules? It's, like, the weirdest. Some teams had played eight games, and some teams had only played four games the other day when I looked. I was like, that doesn't make sense at all. But even in the West, though, it's like, the Ducks, what's going on? You, like, look, and you're like... Minnesota. Oh, cool. When you looked at the Pacific, did you think the Oilers and Ducks would be at the top? You think that, did we predict the Vegas Golden Knights would be third? Now I get it. It's the first couple weeks. Minnesota. Just, Jesus. They're, they're, yeah. Like, ugh. what? Minnesota. I feel bad for Billy Garen. I do feel bad for Bill Garen. I feel bad for the state of Minnesota. They worked very hard to get a hockey team back, and this is what they have to live with. Right. But at the same time, we kept talking about they just blew their shit up for no reason whatsoever last year. Like, just all of a sudden was like... Let's just, our big move's going to be Ryan Donato, but everything else is going to get, we're going to send, you know, whatever. Or the Jets, even. I was like, what is, they are doing way better than anybody thought that they'd be doing, because they kind of let everything they started fall apart a little, rough, a little bit. But the Blues have been playing all right, but. Fuck them. Oh, 
No, I'm just saying my... that, like, everyone, you know, because they are the defending champs. It's like, yeah, but I don't look at the Blues the same way I looked at, like, like the Capitals last year. I was like, all right, boys, how are you going to defend that cup? I don't th- feel that way about St. Louis. I feel like, all right, nope. guy, you won the cup. Good on you forever. I'll have to Here's to another 47 and... years. Yeah. <laughs> just on there. But, yeah, I'm just like, the NHL's a little wonky the beginning of the season. Uh, again, there's still a lot of hockey to play, and I'm sure it's all going to shake itself out in the wash, but... Hey, you know, I mean, I guess if we have to trail behind the Buffalo Sabres, that's where we got to sit right now. I'm all right with it, but we can't be dropping points if that's... If we're going to have to compete with Buffalo for a spot, we can't be dropping points in overtime and in shootouts. I hate shootouts. I really just wish they'd play... I'd rather there be a tie in them split points. Like, I, honest to God, I would rather them play 15 minutes of regular overtime, four on four or whatever, you figure it out, than ever have to watch a shootout again. Right. And I'm someone who doesn't mind a good shootout. But, like, the other day, I don't want that Tampa game divide, decided by a freaking shootout. Steve Stamkos. Damn it. <laughs> on there. But, anyways, that's all my hockey babble I really have. Uh, I hope we beat the Blues on home ice next Saturday. Yes. Or when we record on the 27th, it's probably going to be a little ugly from this end of the uh, podcast channel. Absolutely. But, uh... Yeah, anything else for you? 150 episodes yeah. in the book. No, I, I think we Plus. should wrap it up. All right. Uh, I, I was gonna I was gonna get into a little bit of Providence Bruins, but I I really like to reserve that energy for um, Monday or Tuesday's show yeah. uh, with Tim Richardson on the Black and Gold Prospects podcast. Um, and if you don't know. Um, I'm doing another show. So there's going to be two shows a week. We missed last week because my stupid phone shit the bed and I was out without texting and, and phone calls for about three days and that got in my head and I was pissy about that. So I canceled the show last week and I was really upset about that, but we're coming back this week. So hopefully you, you enjoy that show. Tim does a great job. He works really hard on the program and we just we have a ton to talk about because the NCAA prospects. Um, I have a list of the seven of them in the NCAA. Um, I'll just. Oops, sorry about the noise, but um, there's Jack Becker and John Beecher both play for the uh, Michigan Wolverines. Cam Clark plays for Ferris State. Curtis Hall for Yale. Uh, Dustin McFall plays for Clarkson. Quinn Olson. I want to say Minnesota Duluth. I, I could be wrong on that one. Um, and uh, obviously Jeremy Swayman, goaltender for the University of Maine, Black Bears. So we have a ton of stuff that we're going to update. We're going to talk about the AHL Bruins, uh, prospects from all over the world, give you updates on how they're doing, if they're streaking, if they're not. Um, so I, I, I just love it. Yeah. I love having this conversation. And I know you're not... You're not fully aware of all the prospects but i like to split the shows up and i know you want to learn more and obviously you're going to listen to the black and gold uh prospects podcast so you'll learn from there and then what you learn from there listening you can come here and say hey well you you know you talked about bjork blah 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 he could be a great call up so it's kind of stuff like that we just want to be more informative and and obviously put out a little more content that's going to be relevant to the bruins at all levels so I, I, I'm just having fun. I love well, talking hockey. I could literally sit here for eight hours if I got paid to do it. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I I mean, Tim, right? Tim, you and Tim. I like, Tim listened to the beginning of it. You know, uh, he's the also, first one. I know you 
yes. had a big weekend in Providence, which you'll hear more about on yes. the next uh, proc prospect pod. Very excited. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you guys, I like it because it's not, my thing is, like, it's not that I'm not interested in it, but I would rather, I keep my eye on things. Like, I'm more likely to know about the the NCAA guys because I like, you know, I'm yep. more likely to watch college hockey than I am AHL. AHL, I, when you start talking about people bumping, like, I look around, but I would rather spend more time, for me, I'd rather just watch other NHL teams mm -hmm. or, like, look at us in the grand scheme, like the Bruins, because I'm not a fan that lives, like, isolated. Like, for me, I'm like... What we're doing, what they're doing, it's all affecting all of us. I just would rather do that. But you guys are very informative, and I like, you know, um, I like that you get to sit down with somebody who is as knowledgeable and like-minded or, or the desire to be as knowledgeable as you can yeah. about these things. So I'm glad you get to have a separate opportunity that, yep. I mean, I can talk to you a little bit about it, but I can only look at so much. It's not really the world I live in in my hockey brain, you know, on yeah, most days. So I'm happy that you have someone that you can really have a deep conversation about it. And also everyone should listen to it anyways because it'll drop in your feed Absolutely. automatically because it's all in the same set. It's all in the same RSS feed. So if you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast now, on Monday or Tuesday, we will release, and it will automatically come in um, with a different logo. So check that out. And this week, G Mark asking Jay Leach questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I got to interview. Well, I was in an interview scrum with Jay Leach. I talked to Maxine Legacy. That was kind of a disaster um, on my on my part. He's a fantastic person. Um, we got to see uh, Jakob Lauko, Oscar Steen. Um, Paul Carey, Captain Paul Carey, so uh, it was just a great experience, and we'll definitely talk about that um, in the upcoming episode. I think that's going to be episode three of the Black and Gold Prospects Pod. Yeah. And in the meantime, everyone, don't forget, Mark, 150 ratings for his 150th show. That would be I'm so awesome. I'm watching people. I'm watching. It only takes no, a seriously, second. thanks for listening, but give them just an extra couple seconds. It only takes a second to go on your mobile phone or on the computer and just click the five stars write something about it, about the show. Um, so and, and we would definitely appreciate it, as we appreciate every listen we get. Um, very passionate about what we do here. We might not do it right for everybody's liking, but that's too bad. I'm enjoying what we're doing. I'm enjoying this podcast with Heather, my, one of my best friends in the whole world, on a weekly basis. So this is just, this is just like candy to me. That's I'm so going to eat that up. You know? But uh, before we leave... Uh, obviously, I do want to thank the listeners again. Can't cannot say enough about them, but we also have to get to our uh, weekly um, Patreon giveaway, T-shirt giveaway. And this week, the Patreon giveaway goes to Scott and Thompson. I Scott, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, or if I spit that out. Uh. No, Antonson. Antonson. Okay, that, that sounds better. But congratulations on winning a T-shirt uh, size of your choice. I will be in touch very soon. I'll get that out to you as soon as possible. That's like eight weeks in a row we've given away T-shirts. If you want to get involved in the in the uh, these T-shirt giveaways, um, please go to Patreon.com/slash/BlackAndGoldHockeyPodcast, and it's just a dollar per episode. We do do multiple episodes, so, I mean, it can get, you know, a couple, it's, you know, but it's very much appreciated, and it really helps us out. Um, I, a lot of this stuff that I do here to get it on the platforms that you desire costs money, and that's out-of-pocket costs, so if I can get any of, the, any of the money back, 
to recoup some of that, I certainly would appreciate it. And in turn, we use some of that money to buy these t-shirts. So I, I work with fanatics. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, like, I'm affiliated with them. I have links. I have, I, we, we, we work with them on multiple levels of professional sports. So I can get links to anything and discounts and so on. So it really helps out. So, um, just get on board, go to black and gold. I mean, I'm sorry. Go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and, uh, and become a member today. And we would, we would definitely, definitely appreciate that. So Also, go on the Black and Gold Hockey website and click on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a banner um, that's linked right to us. And uh, we get all the commission sales off of that. So uh, holidays are coming up. Your kids need some Bruins gear. Your kids need NFL, NBA, NASCAR. Uh, what's the other one? Baseball stuff. I mean, please go to that link, and then Premier just league soccer. No, I'm just kidding. And, and then go to that link and just go up to the to the search bar and search your whatever you want. It still stays connected to us. So any sale, if you if you buy a, a Tom Brady jersey, we it stays connected. If you go to the Patriot side of the website, so uh, holidays are coming up. Please think of us uh, during that season and, and buy your loved ones. Uh, some sports apparel from uh, from the great people at fanatics.com. So, um, with that being said, I I think that's a show. That's, that's it. That's one fifty right there. Yeah. And uh, you know, can't can't horn. wait for fifty more. Yeah. Yeah. That that's definitely going to take a whole year to do, but I'm looking forward to it because we do do weekly podcasts, and now we're doing two podcasts, and we're doing we just have a great team over the blackandgoldhockey.com, um, and. Go read the great stuff. Yeah, I mean we're credentialed uh, throughout the Providence Bruins. Our Yay. website and our podcast is now credentialed, so we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. That. Don't do it. So uh, save that. They gotta listen if they want to hear all that. Thank you everybody for listening up to this 150th episode. You guys are the best, and we will talk to you very soon. Go Bruins. Go bees. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.